we have the one and only Sebastian with me on the second floor podcast here. Uh, Sebastian represents yoga for BJJ. And I'm telling you, Sebastian, I would not even be able to train jujitsu as often as I do if it weren't for um, what you do with your program. Um, I find that the intricacies of yoga is just paramount to be able to continue to train and continue to do what we love uh, with jujitsu. And, uh, you know, many of uh, those that, um, you know, are listening to this on the live, many of those that are going to listen um, on our podcast, I think are going to tremendously benefit from your teachings. And I'm a big fan, man. I'm like giddy knowing that you were able to connect and be able to accept this. And uh, I appreciate you for being here. And I think this is going to go really well to just have a lot more people understand the importance of yoga. So welcome aboard, man. Thank you so much. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, I I'm uh, I hesitate to say that what I do is mainly yoga. What I mainly do is jiu-jitsu, but I found ways, techniques, strategies, tactics to make jiu-jitsu more holistic, more all-around, more versatile, more, you know, kind to the body because I did judo for 16 years. And it broke my body completely. And then I switched to jiu-jitsu, which was, it was much softer to the body compared to judo because judo is brutal. I think the average person quits judo at 25. You know, the professional career in judo ends at 25. Then you're, you know, old. Uh, whereas in jiu-jitsu, you can be 40 and you can still train. But, you know, the professionals in jiu-jitsu, they, they kind of stop after 40. And I started feeling like I, I competed in the Worlds in Purple Belt. And after that, I was 26 and I was spent. You know, I couldn't sleep at night. I couldn't work in the day. I could only train and I was good at training, okay at training. But then afterwards, I was completely dead. So I just, I, I found, luckily I found my, my holy savior, which was my, um, she's my wife now, but she was just a pretty girl uh, that could move really well. And I took a break from jiu-jitsu for a year and I just did her yoga. And I came back after having done no jiu-jitsu for a year. And then I kicked everybody's ass and I felt 10 years younger. So I'm like, this is what jiu-jitsu needs. I think 20 million people train jiu-jitsu around the world now. That's the number I heard uh, last time. Wow. And every single person in jiu-jitsu needs, if they want to do jiu-jitsu for more than 10 years, they need something like yoga for BJJ. They need strength training. They need mobility, flexibility. They need a breathing balance. Everything that we that you know that yoga can offer. Not any general yoga. You know, there's many types of yoga, and some of it is just BS. But you know, <clears throat> jiu-jitsu is definitely lacking. You know, running in circles and doing jumping jacks is not going to prepare you well for jiu-jitsu. And if you want to do jiu-jitsu for 20, 30 years, then it's impossible to do it if you spar two or three times a week, you know, two or three sessions a week. Just the randomness of jiu-jitsu and the the, the hard aspects of it is you're going to get hurt. Uh, and with if you do a proper yoga warm-up before every session, you're going to get hurt less often. You're going to get hurt less severe and you're going to be injured for less time. And, you know, the those statistics, it's really going to play your favorite if you want to keep rolling into your face. 60s and 70s uh, and I, I believe almost everybody in jiu-jitsu wish that they started earlier but that is that is a stupid thing to wish it's much better to do something so that you don't have to quit so early 
And, and that's what Joel for BJJ is. It can give you 10, 15 extra years on the mat. And those 10, 15 extra years is going to matter more for you then than they would have done if you started when you were young. You know, when you're young, you can do anything and enjoy it. But imagine being 60, 70 and being able to roll with the youngsters and keep up with them. Maybe not win the world championships, but you can roll with your grandchildren. And I think when you're 70, with the perspective you have when you're 70 and roll with your grandkids and maybe kick their asses and get your ass kicked, I think that that will probably be a much bigger achievement from that vantage point than a gold medal. So that that's what that's my what I'm so passionate about. And that's what I want to see happen. I, I really want to change jiu-jitsu so that every academy in the world has yoga for BJJ or something similar. You know, if I have competitors, I I would I just love competition and I, I love you know <laughs> if someone tries to copy me and steal my stuff or do anything better as long as we don't have to run in circles and do jumping jacks and push-ups for warm-ups, I'm super happy. So that, that this is my life passion. Yeah, you're, you're paving the way with that, Sebastian. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I think personally on the topic of yoga for BJJ, we don't have enough um, people who are aware of what they need to do to be pain-free in jujitsu. And that's, that's yoga for BJJ, right? Like I find a lot, yeah, <laughs> a lot of students and a lot of competitors ask, what do I need to do to improve my cardio in jujitsu? And the way I look at that is, okay, well, roll more, right? Like do more back-to-back rolls. Don't sit out in between yeah. rounds, right? Like yeah. get your heart rate up and learn how to keep it up while you're rolling. And, and, you know, that's where you're, you're going to be able to really see what you're capable of doing because now you're, you're, you're not able to think as clearly and you're only going to rely on moves that you really know. Right. And when it, when it comes to being, in so much pain, I think that the, the answers yoga for BJJ gives people is that you don't actually have to be in pain every day doing jujitsu. I think that's a really like, that's one of the first hurdles that I notice a lot of people um, go through when they quit jujitsu is in the beginning, they're like, oh, like I'm stiff all the time. I'm sore. And you know, wh- what do I need to do? How do I like, like, how do I get rid of this? And it's yoga. And I, I just want to know, like, if you can share what and how someone can still be able to do it when they're injured. Cause I know a lot of times when people get injured, the first thing they think is, Oh, I need a rest. I need to stay in bed. I, I shouldn't be moving my body at all. Um, from your perspective, do you believe that's wrong? And why is that wrong? And, and, and what are some styles of yoga someone can do um, to be able to um, overcome some of those injuries, especially ones that they're getting on the fence, right? It's such a, it's such a huge question, but I'm going to, I'm going to start here. I don't think it's jiu-jitsu necessarily that makes you in such pain and the, the stiffness and that you experience after training. I think it's the sedentary lifestyle that we all lead. lead. <clears throat> Today's society is so geared around sitting still, standing still, being in bed in front of a screen. So if we, you know, if we went to Africa, you know, rural Africa, and we taught them BJJ, they wouldn't be stiff. Because they all have labor jobs where they, you know, they still use their bodies like we used to do 50, 100 years ago. So it's training really hard with a sedentary body and then going back to your sedentary life that makes it so brutally uh, (laughs) uh, unforgiving. Um, So, you you know, the the perspective that you get when you you change, you know, my cardio is, is absolutely 
amazing even if i don't train in, in several months because uh, of uh, of life i have three kids i had three kids under three years and i'm i you know i deserve a medal because i survived <laughs> and <laughs> they keep and, you uh, sedentary for sure. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely keep me non-sedentary yeah for sure uh, but uh, you know just to be being aware being aware of my body when i spar being aware of my stiffness when i'm laying in bed just changing my perspective it changed my perspective so much being able to you know if i feel bad i can analyze why is my lower back and hips feeling bad right now oh it's because i have the incorrect seat my my car seat is not you know aligned the right way so i i move it and then i check and like one minute later now it's fine okay yeah so it wasn't anything wrong with me it was just the way i did it and I never, you know, I had herniated disc for six years. Between 20 and 26, I was so injured that my body was on par with a 60-year-old. You know, I had to lay down on the floor and kind of do a triangle with my legs just to be able to put on a sock. Yeah. You know, just like an old man. And I was in my prime. And now, now I, I can stand on one leg and almost, you know, put one foot in the ceiling and put on a sock. <laughs> So and, and now I'm for, I'm almost forty. So it, it just changes your perspective completely to do do it the right way instead of the the stupid way. Yeah. Wow. No, that's and I think that just shows the the element of you being so consistent with it, right? And I love that you share that in your videos, right? You're you have a, a very unique progressive uh, approach to yoga, Sebastian. I think that's something that I really want our audience members to understand is like there's levels to this shit. Like, I think that's why a lot of people will go and they'll try like a moksha yoga class or Bikram yoga in our city, and they'll become intimidated because they accidentally went into some advanced yoga session. But something like uh, Yoga for Rocks, that's a program that you have that I spent a lot of time on, you know, when I've been injured and when I personally have had, um, you know, moments where like, I can't even bring my leg um, over my <laughs> more than five inches. So um, I, I think just having... Um, some sort of, uh, you know, incremental progression towards programming the same way we do in jujitsu can, can help people out with their injuries. Right. Um, I do have sitting here with me. Prince. Yeah. I think, I think the reason why, well, sorry, well, sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah. No worries. I was going to say, Sebastian, I have my brother who introduced me to yoga for BJJ sitting with me. He's so giddy. He's sitting here like a fanboy in the background. And I wanted to open up the floor to him. I want him to say hi to you and Prince as well. And I'm sure they have some questions, but let's have them say hi. And then we'll let you circle back. It'll be awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, Sebastian. <laughs> oh man. Hey, Sebastian. I just wanted to say, uh, Thank nice to meet you guys. so oh. much for your program and like your programs. I mean, I've been doing them over the course of the last uh, almost 10 years now, eight years, maybe. And uh, it's, it's completely oh, Jesus. My, my life for the better. It's, it's been, a, it, yeah. it's added longevity to my game. Like you said, it's improved, not like people think it improves your flexibility, but no, I think it's improved my overall athleticism. Uh, it's improved my understanding of anatomy and uh, I'm, I can't say thank you enough. I can't believe you're here uh, today. Like it's, it's pretty cool. 
That's really cool. Eight years. That's that's awesome. I, I in August I've been doing it for ten years. So you were with us from the almost the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. I used to just do like back in the day. I would just do like the hip program over and over and over and over again. Like to this day, I still do it. Um, like I'm gonna do back body week today, and uh, it's it's like a, a staple in my training, and not just in jujitsu, but it's in, it's helped with like um rotational ability and in my boxing it's helped in my kickboxing it's helped in like my my comfort with weightlifting it's it's the best it's really cool that that uh, a video i recorded seven years ago has such replay value like if you watch the same series 50 times in a row it really loses you know the the value but you can just keep repeating the same thing and just enjoy it just as much 10 years later. That's absolutely really cool. You have yeah, a, man. you have a unique way, Sebastian of like, I don't know if you even noticed this, but like anytime we introduce our friends and training partners to, to your yoga, they have a good laugh because of your personality, yeah. like your, your classic line. And I don't know how much you're aware of this, but when you say don't bitch and moan, it's like, it gets, it gets like our friends a little excited like, like, they're like, we can't wait to do yoga with Sebastian because not only is he going to show us cool jujitsu techniques, but he's going to make us laugh. And uh, I don't know if that's like accidental or if that's on purpose where you have that approach to when you're teaching. It's definitely not accidental. We went to the best teachers in the world, absolutely the top rated te yoga teachers in the world. And, you know, nine out of 10 were too pretentious. And then we went to, to, one of them were just, you know, we were sick. We traveled forever and we came there and there was a three hour workshop on crow pose. And we're like, oh man, this is going to suck no matter how good the class is because we're just feeling like shit. And then we came out of there feeling like we went to a festival and we just were exhilarated and we didn't, we forgot all about our snot in nose. And we're like, amazing because she grabbed us and she, she primed us. And she, she told us in a very politically correct way, not to be channel, but, you know, channeling our inner power. We're like, okay, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. So we got so inspired by, by that single class so that we, you know, we, we saw teachers that were not pretentious and that, you know, made it very real. And, you know, yoga can be really high flying and, you know, up there in the clouds without being attached to reality. So we really try to keep it grounded. That's why I can say things like namaste bitches or namaste motherfuckers <laughs> is just to, to make people, you know, tone down the pretentious and the scare because yoga really has no place in jiu-jitsu if you just take your standard Bikram class. You can't just do Bikram in a jiu-jitsu class. So most yoga styles are meant as a primary it's intended to be a primary activity for someone. You know, you either do jiu-jitsu or you do yoga or you do kickboxing or something. So, so that's why the yoga classes are designed the way they are. And that's why I'm designing my classes differently because it's meant to be a complement to jiu-jitsu. So there are two things I do. I do lots of the things that we do in jiu-jitsu so that you get more flexible for the poses we do. And also I make complementary poses, the poses we never do in jiu-jitsu. You never do deep backbends in jiu-jitsu. So I try to add a couple of times in the class deep backbends because the only time, you know, I submit people all the time just taking back mount and stretching them out 
because they're never in a backband. So I can just literally submit people from putting them in updog. <laughs> and I would never, ever tap to that because I know exactly how far my spine can go and I know how strong it is. So I don't freak out and panic when someone puts me in that position. So I get super strong, even though my, my actual muscle power is very weak compared to the average in my uh, weight class. I still can generate a tremendous amount of force compared to them because my range of motion and my power are really strong in those extreme situations. And I very rarely get injured other than toes and fingers. You know, yoga doesn't help for toes and fingers, but it does help for wrists, elbows, shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles. Those, uh, those six or 12 joints uh, are just, you know, benefiting, benefiting every time I step on the mat. I just I get injured, but I get much less injured and for less less severely than without uh, yoga for sure. Yeah, the, the the resiliency that you gain from being able to defend submissions so much more when doing yoga, I, I've noticed that too personally, and I, I mm. think that's just another like reason towards why it's important to do yoga for BJJ. Right. Um, I'm curious to know, Sebastian, with like someone who's starting up their own school in this day and age, um, wh whether it be a yoga instructor or even uh, a jujitsu uh, coach, what are some things you've noticed through your traveling and through, of course, connecting with, I'm sure, a lot of coaches? Um, what are some things you feel like you see more at gyms that others should should be doing, whether it's down to the personality of the coach or even the, the nuances you notice inside of a dojo? Um, I'm sure like that's a whole other conversation where a lot of people talk about the vibe of a gym and, and, you know, yeah. what brings to the table, who the coach is, how, how they feel treated by that person. But if you could give advice on, you know, your personal experience and even what you've seen that you feel like are just non-negotiables that people should indoctrinate into their dojo. I, you know, it's really good that jiu-jitsu is as open as it is and that there is no there is no standard for jiu-jitsu so you have like the you have the mcdojos and you have the super super informal technical uh, amateurs and you have the professional gyms i love that spectrum that you can choose a gym that fits your personality because we the, the more different types of coaches we have the better but one thing that i that i'm 100% convinced of is that if you want to run a gym, you need to know how to run a business. And if you are doing jiu-jitsu old school, we are teaching jiu-jitsu. Today we're doing half guard and we're doing this and this with the lapel and blah, 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 go practice. You are going to lose nine out of 10 people if you have that approach. Mm. You need to make jiu-jitsu less like taekwondo, classical jiu-jitsu, less like a martial arts and more like an, a, a physical activity. Don't think about jiu-jitsu. If you want to make a lot of money and have a lot of members, you need to get people to come in the door and stay. Getting people to come in the door is difficult. You need a good marketer for people to actually step over that threshold. You know, take stop 100 people in the, in the street and say, hey, you want to come into jiu-jitsu? 99 are going to say no because they think they know what jiu-jitsu is. So that's the hardest part. But when they get into the door, you cannot... You, you have... <laughs> You, you need to filter all those things that you want to say and say them after they get, you know, hooked because they will get hooked. Most people will get hooked when you make it more relatable, low-key, fun. And most of all, 999 out of 1,000 people do not want to win a competition. They just want to find an activity where they feel 
like they belong and where it's fun and where they get a good training effect and where they feel safe. And none of those has anything to do with how you do a deep half guard. Sorry, I need to get my dogs to shut up. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's, um, that's a good point. Fiona, so, so, uh, so the way to do that is by making jiu-jitsu less about the jiu-jitsu and more about the movement, uh, the mobility, the fun, the interaction between people uh, and making it so that you know, you're learning jiu-jitsu without talking so much about jiu-jitsu. Uh, because the, the, the biggest challenge people have when they're learning jiu-jitsu is not the opponent resisting. It's that they don't know the difference between the left hand and the right foot and how to do this and this at the same time. You know, take someone in the street and tell them to do a hip escape. You better be a really good coach if you want them to understand what you're saying. And that's the reason why people quit because they feel like before, you know, they did five classes because they feel like they're stupid and nobody likes to feel stupid. So <laughs> getting really good at moving your body and getting really good at communicating and helping people move their body and be okay with making mistakes. If you can crack that code, you're going to be very successful in your business. Yeah, I feel like there's a, a lot of kids that'll come into like a kid's jujitsu class and they get introduced to like concepts like shrimping and rolling and this and that, but they're so unfamiliar with how to use their human body that they like introducing concepts that are like, like jujitsu related are really tough if they cannot do something as simple as let's say just knowing how to hold up their weight in a plank effectively knowing how to what a back bend yes. looks like knowing what yes these are i these are considered yoga poses but they're also just simple components of human movement that can allow you to have better mobility for jujitsu you know what i mean you're right. So but we can make an analogy here. I love stupid metaphors, as you know. Uh, <laughs> so when, when people are starting jiu-jitsu, we're trying to get them to speak a new language. And we're trying to teach them sentences, but without teaching them the letters or words first. And yoga for BJJ is basically jiu-jitsu light. It's, you know, it's the introduction to jiu-jitsu. This is how you spread your fingers and stretch your hamstrings at the same time and release your neck. Okay, th th those are three or four things I have to do at the same time. But when we're with a partner, you have to do three or four or five things at the same time while they are doing stuff at the same time. It's too complex and there are too many variables. So you need to learn how to do jiu-jitsu with your own body first before you can expect to have any success on the mat. And I think it's crazy that, you know, the average, maybe the, uh, this is a guess, but uh, ballpark figure people train jiu-jitsu for two three years before they start having any success in sparring that threshold is way too high we need people to be able to work their their own body so that they're feeling effect and they're feeling more happy and and free in their own body and maybe do a two-second handstand and you know get them hooked into you know ah, i feel like you know because people's confidence are shit people people didn't move when they were kids and they feel maybe they're getting older faster and they're feeling 40 fat and finished you know so if they're also getting smashed on the mat it's only weirdos like like us who really enjoy getting our asses kicked and having someone's ass in their face you know we love it uh -huh. uh, but if we want to make jiu-jitsu really really big we need to we need to get people better faster 
and uh, that's not going to happen by just doing BGJ uh, the way it's done now because it's I think it's very ineffective. Yeah, I find uh, I, I notice this. Like, if anyone wants to improve their level of patience, then teach someone brand new jujitsu. Like, like, like if you if you want to be able to see where your mm. patience levels are at, like just to, especially kids, like guiding them through the step by step by step by step process, and and not having to get excited at showing them a full move, right? Like, and and on the other yeah. end, being the new student. Like, do you do you think, Sebastian, it's it's counterproductive to get someone to just learn jujitsu by, hey, let's like, let's do our drills, let's learn some techniques. Okay, now go roll. Now go roll. Even if you don't know what to do, just 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 figure it out. You're not trying to roll to win when 99% of the people are trying to do that in the beginning still. But like, what would you suggest for someone who's brand new at jujitsu? They just started, um, they're thinking about starting. Um, do they consider getting into uh, rolling with another person? Or do you think like there should be a waiting period on that? Uh, when I introduce someone brand new to jiu-jitsu, which is my absolutely favorite thing to do, it's like I have this really awesome drug and I get someone to taste it for the first time. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I do mini games and I'm like, okay, if you can pass my legs and sit on top of me for three seconds, I give you a thousand dollars. How about that? Mm. And then they get to experience jiu-jitsu. You know, they get to experience a, a percent of a percent of jiu-jitsu. Uh, and I, do, you know, if you ask someone to free spar when they're brand new, it's like saying, okay, this is how you sing la, 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 la. Now sing any song you want. It's like, what? No, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> you know, I just feel stupid because I don't, I don't even know how to you know I, I you need to give me some basics first and then maybe we can sing la 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 and do that over and over oh, now now it's fun you know you need to you need to set the parameters for new beginners the when you're new in something you're like a child and a child needs firm parameters and they need freedom within those to play however they want but you you set the parameters and and uh, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's not helpful to release beginners into the wild and just free sparring, especially with other beginners because it's so dangerous. So I think it's probably a really good idea to have positional sparring. That's fun. You know, you get one point every time you get up from the floor, you get a point, or every time you you shake out your foot, you get a point. You get people into 50-50 when they're brand new because 50-50 is a very safe position. And you say the one who can stand up first wins. You know, and that, then they get to experience jiu-jitsu from one part and then another part and then another part. And then you can start connecting them when they start feeling safe. I think that's a smarter approach. Yeah, then you gamify the experience a little bit more. It makes it going from super challenging to, hey, this is fun. <clears throat> I want to learn more yeah. to do this again the next yeah. time, right? Like Prince... Yeah. Prince had, I think, a very opposite approach, right? Like, yeah. Prince, you got kind of thrown right in. <laughs> yeah, like, I just got straight into, like, uh, you know, kind of the fire. But, you know, that's another way to learn jujitsu. You just kind of get thrown right into it. But um, uh, one thing I love about jujitsu is, like, the community, and it is so friendly and so welcoming, and that, like, everyone is your coach, you know? No matter, no matter who it is, everyone comes from, like, different parts of life and they just teach you what they know and it's so um but i just have to say like <laughs> he, he's in a rash guard like the videos every time and i hear <laughs> i hear his voice and it's like he's here talking to us and he's just this virtual entity <laughs> that just exists and 
and this is just so cool like K- kb introduced me to you and this was like what, two, when i met him like two three years ago and i just ever since i know he i've known him like he, he's been doing your program ever since i've known him and you're just this like virtual entity like that just exists and you're here now and you're wearing a rash guard like you would it's and you don't have hair anymore it's it's really <laughs> <laughs> it's really this is a this is a classic haircut where I come from, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's crazy that that the the, the fanboy effect I have from from uh, yoga is like much higher than than in jiu-jitsu. You know, when I do, were just doing jiu-jitsu, nobody really cared. But now that I think it's the the, the personal, it, it feels really personal to do yoga with someone on the screen. It's it's really counterintuitive, but it, it people feel like they know me really well when they meet me. It's like, hey, there you are. I'm like. I never met you before, and then yeah. I'm like, no, but I met you yeah. like six hundred times. It's like, hey, <laughs> hey, yoga buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like I think that's yeah. a super cool thing though, because like I'll admit right off the bat too, Sebastian, like it's so much easier to go on to yoga for BJJ, access your videos, and feel like you're not alone. And that was a big thing I struggled with. I at first, for a long time, up until quite recently had to at least have my brother or Prince or, or a training partner do it, it with me while I'm watching your video. But like, then when you kind of separate the fact that, okay, I'm starting to see the benefits, you're on the screen, you're doing it with me. It's very similar to how I feel when I work out. During COVID, you know, we built a home gym in our, in our house and now it's our dojo. And we actually like benefited a lot from having workouts with friends and whatnot. But to this day, I can't count more than one hand of how many solo workouts I've had in my own house. It's just, there's something about mm. doing something with another person. And um, I noticed that you have, have, have captured that through virtual training. Like I think before the hype really began of virtual online coaches, you were amongst one of the first people that created these programs and, and digitalized it for people to have access to. Right. Yeah, we, we saw them do it with glow.com. They did it in yo- with yoga and they took the best teachers in the world and they were doing really well. And we're like, okay, let's do that, this in Norwegian because there, it didn't exist in Norway then. So that was a good idea. And then like, uh, but like people in jiu everybody in jiu-jitsu needs this. Every single person, I, I, you know, people are complaining in the locker rooms every single day about the same things, you know, popping shoulders, uh, operated knees and hurt lower back and stiff hips mm-hmm. over and over and over and over. We're like, okay, so everybody needs this and it doesn't exist. Ergo, good business opportunity. So we're like, okay, let's do this. But I told my wife, like, I did yoga for a year. I can't teach. She's like, do you know more yoga than them? And I'm like, yeah, 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 for sure. She's like, good, then you can teach them. I'm like, that's a good principle. <laughs> as long as you know a little more than someone else, you know, in the in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. So I definitely started as a one-eyed man. And- yeah, so right before it was cutting off there, you were saying, Sebastian, about like, you know, there, there, there's like, even if you know a little bit more than another person, they can benefit from your teachings. It's, it's kind of like how like a blue belt can teach a white belt. But then, you know, out of respect, once you're at purple, you can then start to teach people under you as well, right? Yeah. Uh, but let's go back to what we talked about before about coaching. Like if you said, if you want to practice patience, try to teach someone brand new jiu-jitsu. Uh, teaching yoga is infinitely more difficult than teaching jiu-jitsu. Uh, 
because you, you can't have the dialogue. You have a monologue for 20 people who are all different and you want to teach to the average, but also get everybody to feel like you're teaching to them. Uh, that is very difficult to master. It took me like five years to get okay with it and 10 years to get really good at it. Uh, and jiu-jitsu, you can basically just show people, here is the sequence looks like this, and here's where you need to pay attention. Go practice and just ask me if you need help. It's pretty damn easy. Uh, but people make it really complicated. And some people teach for 10, 15 minutes, just talking for 10, 15 minutes. Uh, and that is the, the, that is for sure the, the worst way to teach. It's just giving a ton of information. And then as soon people touch each other, like, uh, what were we doing? Were you paying attention? Yeah, for like one minute. And then I just dozed off because it was too much. Uh, so learning how to teach yoga for BJJ, that's why I'm doing these teacher trainings, online teacher trainings over Zoom. We had like 350 people do it. And the number one feedback I'm getting from that is that people get so much better at teaching jiu-jitsu after they're doing the yoga training because they, they keep it simple. They're like, okay, hands on the floor, not spread your fingers, elbows straight, hands on the shoulders, blah, 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 blah. So you're making it, I'm, I'm saying, I'm telling all my instructors that are taking the training, imagine that you have a room full of drunk foreigners Okay, so they're drunk. You need to speak clearly. They're foreigners. You can't use any fancy words. Arms straight, breathe. You know, <laughs> when you make it that simple, you, you feel much more relaxed yourself and then they feel more relaxed and then you can, you know, guide them through this. Uh, imagine giving, you know, 20 people that are drunk uh, uh, driving directions. It's like, past the church, left, and then until the road ends. That's how you give a, a road instruction. That's how you need to teach jiu-jitsu as well. You show them what we're doing, okay? So we're taking the knees, push them to the side, step your foot to the hips, and then after that, you will figure the rest out for yourself. But this is the most important. Get the foot to the hip, because then you're isolating his, his legs and he can't defend, okay? Practice that. Uh, and I love this uh, ecological, uh, uh, what's it called? Ecological uh, uh, learning. Uh, yeah. These new principles of, of not, uh, uh, you know, instructing like a lecture and more like creating small challenges and games. I love that. I, I hope that Jiu Jitsu catches on quickly because that makes so much sense and it's so much more fun to practice that way. Yeah, I really like that, man. I find, um, you know, that, that brought me to two things, right? Number one, it's like, there's this method we say in North America, keep it stupid simple, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like less is more, like just dumb mm -hmm. it down and have it make sense. And um, it's actually funny because a lot of people learn in different ways. And I know like there's like auditorial learning, linguistic learning, there's visual learning. And you get a little bit of a kick out of this, right? I was in Portugal and I remember doing some jujitsu classes there. I brought my gi with me. And competed in the Portugal Open and then just, you know, every now and then would go and uh, find, find a place to train. And every single place I trained at had uh, everyone speaking Portuguese. So there wasn't a single person who um, was, was teaching in English. But at the same time, they were such good instructors that based off what they were showing, like, you know, like snapping their fingers, saying where their arms should go, how things should be, and just it being straight to the point. I find that it's very cultural there, too. Um, I was able to make sense of it. 
And had they have just maybe been too wordy and just sat there and talked, it would have went right over my head, right? So, so you make a really good point about that. Yeah, actually, the, the people that are struggling the most in my teacher trainings are the Americans because they're used that an instructor has to talk a lot. Whereas the 50-year-old the Polish guy that hardly speaks English, people had no problem whatsoever understanding his instructions because he, he had to keep it simple because his, his vocabulary wasn't, wasn't <laughs> enough to you know, uh, ramble on. So, uh, yeah, that, that, I also, as soon as I try to find the right word, I start rambling because English is not my primary language. So that's also one of the reasons I, I try to keep it uh, stupid, stupid, simple. It's, uh, and it's it's more fun. It's less pretentious. It's not yeah. like you're trying to 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 teach everything at once. You know, if I'm teaching a technique, this is my principle. When I teach a room full of you know white to black belts, I I show them the basics, uh, and I say everybody start here, and then if you find variations, go on with that. But keep doing this over and over, and then I go to the people that need it, and I give them instructions separately and give the black belts and brown belts the nuanced stuff that you know that if i talk in front of the room about all these tiny details the basics and the fundamentals just are forgotten so i only ever teach fundamentals to a public and then i teach the intricate stuff to people i'm like hey you want to know a secret this is how we do it and then they feel special and they are super appreciative instead instead of you lecturing everything at once i think that's a good tip I think that that's a million dollar advice right there, because I find from a black belt's perspective or just someone who has more experience, you can't help but look at everything they're doing wrong and you want to, you want to improve it right away. Like, like you can't help but be like, ah, oh, their hands aren't high enough or, oh, their base is wrong. But then you have to ask yourself, are they getting the fundamental understanding of what, what's going on here? And, and, and can I add more, um, I like to call it KPIs, like key performance indicators into the situation once they understand the basics? Because you're right, it, it becomes so much at once to the point where what they're trying to do for fun is now feeling like a job. And this is at the very beginning of trying to get yeah. in, right? And also to add on to that, uh, having done yoga for a long time, it has really humbled me because everything I held true in the beginning, I have had to start questioning and even discard. Uh, your arms need to be straight here because A, B, C, D. And now I'm like, oof, why the hell did I say that? When I watch my old videos, I'm like, no, but that doesn't make any sense. It, I thought it made sense. But I now I saw so many different bodies and so many different approaches. I'm like, hmm, that probably works. It's flaring your elbows in a low push-up is okay for most people, unless your wrists hurt. So I, I took a more and more humble approach to teaching. So when I see someone do a mistake in jiu-jitsu, they might, just might, be on, the, be, be on the path to create a new technique or figure out another technique or something I haven't thought of. So I try to not intervene and micromanage because then I am limiting them to my perspective. So that's why these, you know, creating little games and like the goal is to get the uh, start here and get past by the legs, use any technique or, or strategy you want. I start like that and I see what people come up with and maybe they give me new ideas and I'm like, oh, this was really smart. Leo Zinni, my biggest idol in jiu-jitsu, he says he learns the most from watching blue belts. 
because they they know basics but they're also you know they're they still have the beginner's mind and they're not limited to everything people have taught them mm. so they they are super creative and he's like he takes whatever a blue belt does well and you know he starts from that and he creates new techniques out of that that's uh, so that's that's a big inspiration for me to you know take take a technique but only as a starting point not as an end point and see what people come up with that's awesome man i love that you know what, Sebastian, I know we can like talk to you for hours. And, uh, you know, as we wrap it up here, I just wanted to give you the chance to share, you know, anything that's happening um, in your world right now that's, you know, recent, it's new, it might be some exciting things happening with Yoga for BJJ, maybe anything where um, we could let people know how they can follow your journey or they, they can continue looking forward to seeing what you're putting out there. I just want to give you the chance to share if there's anything going on. Yeah, uh, as I said, we had three kids under three. We're like, okay, it's COVID. We can't travel. We can't uh, train jiu-jitsu. Let's get a kid. Let's get another kid. Uh, and then it's like, surprise, surprise. You're having twins, motherfuckers. And we're like, oh my God. And we had 11 dogs. We had 11 dogs and four horses and two pigs and three businesses and COVID and kids. And it was a night. Or it was a it was it, it was fun every 10th day. And then it was like nine days of brutal work. Uh, and now we we kind of uh, uh, um, scale down a little bit. We still have three kids, but we don't have as many dogs. And uh, you know, we brought the horses from Norway to Spain, and now we live permanently outside Malaga in southern Spain. And every day is a blessing. Uh, it's still a lot of work, but you know, now I can train yoga and jiu-jitsu again. I didn't train jiu-jitsu for almost four years from from the kids and COVID and everything. And now I'm back training a couple of times a week and uh, I love it so much. I really figured that jiu-jitsu was my best therapy. Uh, and I didn't realize how, how, how tough life could be when you don't have jiu-jitsu. Uh, but now I'm back at it and, uh, you know, I'm super excited about everything happening, both in jiu-jitsu. I'm competing in a couple of weeks for the first time in a long time. Nice, that's a lot. And all... Yeah, and also I'm I'm starting to do retreats again, like getaways, so that you know twelve people can come here for five days and and do yoga and jiu-jitsu in my home and you know live in a B and B next door. Awesome. Um, and we're doing the teacher trainings three, four, five times a year. We're doing the the Zoom teacher trainings, and my my goal is definitely to have one teacher in every gym in the world be a yoga for BJJ teacher because it's so much fun to hear the feedback of people. One girl from America, she said like she she took the course and then she practiced for a year and you know worked her coach to let her teach and now they changed the the atmosphere in the gym to be less about you know getting the belts and more like including the families. So they have like Saturday and Sundays they have yoga class where basically grandma shows up and does yoga with everybody. So it really made the the community so much stronger from from uh, expanding. And I'm like. This is the best business ever. You have jiu-jitsu that is super addictive, but everybody who is not addicted or, you know, can't do jiu-jitsu, if you're injured, if you're a grandma or you're too young, uh, you can you can show up and do the, the just a warm-up or the yoga class. And then it, it turns into a completely different uh, thing. And a lot of gyms are doing yoga and BJJ. You know, they're offering both. Um some jiu-jitsu gyms just hire a yoga teacher to come and be a yoga teacher and it's successful in some places but in many places it's it's they're too different so i my and i realize also that i can't change the world myself i need a lot of help yeah. uh, so so i need like 
3,000 Yoga for BJ teachers around the world who are preaching the gospel, basically. So I, if, if I can do one plug and really sell, uh, please show up for the Yoga for BJ teacher trainings and be part of the, the future. Uh, because Jiu-Jitsu has to, if we want to reach 100 million people who train Jiu-Jitsu in the world, we need Yoga for BJJ to get people to stay on the mats for longer. So I really wish that people that are excited about it, like you guys, show yeah. up for the level one training. I have one coming up in June. So if you guys want to jump on board, I'll give you a, I'll give you a super discount. That would be awesome, Sebastian. <laughs> yeah, count us in. You know, I know we talked about that and uh, that's something that we would love to have affiliated with with our academy as we open our doors. And yeah. Uh, we we really appreciate your time and this was this was super awesome to have you on board but and but how how about this how about uh, i give you guys uh, a super deal like three for one you can you can all three come for the price of one and then we do another podcast after you've done this teacher training and then i want to i want to interview you guys interview you guys with your perspective after you did the training because that would be everything we talked about now today you can kind of either confirm or deny that would be really cool where where does that that happen over Zoom. So you basically, when you sign up, you get access to the curriculum. It's a video curriculum. You just watch the videos and you practice. Uh, and then you show up over Zoom and you practice teach with the, another person in a breakout room. So you do like one-on-one -on -one with uh, another student. And they practice teaching you and you practice teaching them and you learn from each other. And then we do Q&A and it's super informal and chill. Mm -hmm. And then you graduate and then you can start teaching in your gym. Uh, so we've been doing it since 2019. And uh, it's super successful and super chill. Everybody shows up is really nervous. And then they're like, after five minutes, they're like, hey, this is fun. I love so, it. So, yeah. How long is the program for Sebastian? Uh, the, the graduation is like eight hours, four hours Sunday. And then the next Sunday, four hours. And then the program, you can give it as much time as you as you need to be able to remember the sequence. Like you, you need to take notes and, and know the sequence. You need to do it 10, 15, 20 times. And it's just a really nice warm-up. So you, you, that's what you're doing anyways. But the okay. Yoga for BJ website, uh, it's, it's only people that are consistent that get success. And most people aren't uh, consistent. So, you know, taking the teacher training is a really nice way to get first-hand experience with how simple you can actually make it. So it's a, it's a very nice... Uh, when you take the plunge, you know, it's like taking a cold bath. As soon as you get into water, you're like, hey, this was nice. So it. that's what the teacher training is. Yeah. Well, let's definitely talk about that, gentlemen. We'll get her done. I do have to go teach my class, Sebastian. So thank you so much for being on. Let's uh, let's consider the teacher trainings and let's do this again, man. We really appreciate you. Yes. Uh, for everyone listening, go on yogaforbjj.com. Subscribe. Dot net. Dot net. Oh, dot dot net. Yes, yogaforbjj.net. Go see yeah. what Sebastian's all about. And uh, I promise you it's going to be the best investment you're ever going to make. Oh, see you on the mat. Thank you, Sebastian.